Anyway. Anyway, welcome to the Tabernacle. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm the lead pastor here, Tabernacle Metairie. I'm just I'm not speaking this morning. I got a friend of mine speaking. I want to give you one quick testimony. So if you were here a few months ago, um we I did a series called Invest, in which I talked about investing in the kingdom, and we took an offering at the end of the month to invest and just take what God was teaching us and showing us and do that. And we've I've already heard different testimonies of people getting raises, people you know, getting random, people blessing them with stuff. It's been powerful. But <clears throat> I mentioned a few weeks after that that we were partnering with an organization called Surge, and we were going to take the offering that came in and give it to them and just kind of let them do what they do. Chalmette gave to Surge my first action as pastor in 2020 in Chalmette was I wrote a $6,000 check to Surge. It was a Tuesday morning during a funeral. And it was my first, literally my first action as pastor. That check went and planted 18 churches that year around the world. Well, we sent $3,069 from this church to the same organization. And I, I believe it's in November. They are having a pastor training in West Timor, which is an island right across from Indonesia, that this ministry is paying for 100 pastors to get trained. And not only that, they're expecting 50 to 75 of those 100 pastors to plant a church by the end of next year. So this, you, oh, we just a storefront in Metairie, we don't have, no, no, no. You are investing in what is believed to become 50 to 75 churches around the world. I told you that the influence and the impact that you have is going to be greater than you think and realize. And that's and what I'm telling you also is because of that, because of that investment, watch what God does to your finances. Watch what God does to this ministry, the growth that will come, the help that will come because of it. i got a, a pastor that speaks in my life all the time. He says there's no soil as fertile as foreign soil. And so being able to invest and partner with that is just phenomenal. I wanted you to know that, though. And not to mention West Timor is right to the west of Indonesia. Indonesia is one of the most persecuted places on the planet for Christians. It's up there with Iran and North Korea. And some of these pastors at this training have to sneak out of Indonesia to go to it and then have to sneak back in to plant their churches. So not only are we planting churches, but some of these churches are underground or illegal churches. So I want you to be encouraged that, Pastor Chris, I was only able to give $100. Well, your $100 paid for 10 pastors. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's going and it's advancing the kingdom. So I just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. I got that email last week that it's taken place, it's happening, it's booked, it's scheduled. And so it's going to be phenomenal. So I want to thank you guys for that. This morning I have a friend here with me. Um, so <clears throat> if you've known me for any length of time, I know uh, Kyle knows. Um, one of my heroes was always Pastor Joel Stockstill. Looked up to him as a man of God. I had the privilege of kind of getting connected with him in 2013, it's really 2012. And he's just kind of been a distant mentor, distant coach in my life. <clears throat> and we've talked a few times a year or whatnot. Well, in 2020, he called me and he said, hey, I want you to do this cohort, this little training thing I'm doing for six months. And um, I got a buddy of mine named Chad who's going to call you and, and we're going to put you through an interview process. But don't worry, you're in. You don't need to be interviewed to get in like you're in. Just go through the process. I'm like, OK, cool. Well, at the time, that same month, I found out I was going to be taken over in Chalmette. And so the timing was absolutely perfect. 
Well, I get on the phone one day with Chad, and immediately the Holy Spirit was like, do what this guy says. I was like, okay. I, don't, I didn't know him. And normally if Pastor Joel says, go have lunch with somebody, I'm like, yes, sir, I'll go have lunch with this person. But the Holy Spirit was like, pay attention to Chad. And Chad has become a, a voice in my life that refuses to allow me to just chill and rest and be okay with where I'm at. There has never been a conversation, and we talk. It's got to be once a month, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I don't know. It varies. It changes, ebbs and flows. But there's never a phone call with Chad that I don't leave more encouraged, more empowered, and more challenged to be better in who I'm called to be. So this morning, one, I mean, I guess you'd say he's one of my, one of my coaches. But you're going to get to hear from one of the people that pours into my life. And he's not an NRP guy. He's not from anybody you've probably heard from before. So it's a different flavor, which I'm all about gumbo, right? Gumbo is good. Gumbo is good because it's different, right? There's all kinds of different stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? So this morning, you get some different thrown in your gumbo. I want you all to get ready for that. But if you would do me a favor, just give a gigantic welcome to a massive friend of mine, Pastor Chad Lang. Come on. I just got compared to gumbo. So I think it's good. Oh, you know, you're not even right, man. Hey, how many of you know you got some good pastors in your midst? Come on. You got to love your pastors, man. People that step up, that pray for you, that you don't even realize they're praying for you. Uh, and I get the privilege of being around a lot of really great pastors. I do. And it's so much fun because sometimes I just go, why am I in this room? Like, it doesn't make sense to me because I know where I came from. When you were talking about that, I was in that raid that night. Don't let the suit fool you. Right? Because I remember that moment. And I'm going, Lord, how am I here? How do I get the privilege of working alongside of some of the most influential pastors and speaking into people like your pastors? And I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Nick last night. And, man, that guy encouraged the snot out of me and just... <laughs> It was great. It was so wonderful. But I love Pastor Chris, and I, I, I love Pastor Caitlin. I value who you are, not from the platform, not from the stage, not because of your voice. I'm jealous of your voice, but um, and you make me sound better when I sing, and I can't hear myself, so thanks. Um, <laughs> but I love who you are when no one's around. I like who you are when you're just over lunch. I like when you're talking about your family, um, it's the real deal. And so I've also been around those pastors that uh, they're great from the stage. That some people would call them the fluffy pastor. Like, they're just nice. from They're like, oh, they're so nice. And then you get behind the scenes. And I'm like, does that, does that homie even like Jesus? Like, and if he likes him, I'm not so sure Jesus knows who he is. So anyway. I'm not going to go there today. That's not my message. I just want to say I love you. So it is good. Let me introduce myself. My name is Chad. I know that Pastor just kind of introduced me as a, as a voice in his life, and it's such an honor to have the privilege of doing it. At this season of life, I'm a friend. You can't get rid of me. Um, it, is, uh, it is just the way it is. I'm going to keep coming back. Whether you invite me or not, I'll just show up. And so it works out. Uh, eventually, I'll be with my wife. But I have been with my wife for 22 years. Don't go there. Um, <laughs> He keeps asking my wife to come. We just, the scheduling conflict is just not working. But there might be a picture of my wife up here. That's my wife. She's so great. We've been together for 22 years. 
and uh, she is so much better than I am, and so that's probably why I don't bring her places all the time, because then people are like, hey, can your wife just come back? It'd be fine, but this is uh, my 13-year-old daughter. This is Ariana Faith, uh, so my wife is a principal ballerina, and my daughter has taken up into her uh, footsteps, and the reason why they're actually not here this weekend is because she's going to be uh, Clara and Miami Nutcracker this year, and so she's going to be doing that, so super fun. This is my little dude. He is so much fun. He is Judah David, and uh, that's not just for a photo. That dude is eight years old and has a 150-yard drive at eight years old, so yeah, he's going to be my meal ticket, um, and so because ballerinas don't get paid squat, <laughs> it's good, but uh, you know, but I grew up uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I think there might be a, a shot of my city. I love my city. It is good. So I was thinking about this message, and I was praying about this message and thinking, man, what can I share? God, what do you want me to share? And if you could leave that photo up there just for a minute, I started thinking about some things from the old days, right? Some things from, from when I was a kid. And I don't know about you, but sometimes if you ever go back in your mind, depending on how you view this current world we're in, which is super pleasant and wonderfully unified, um, you might start thinking about some things that used to be, and some people would call that the what? The good, good old days, right? You start thinking about the good old days. And then I start thinking about some things when I grew up. And I remember being a little kid going to this park. It's called Kennywood. And this was the theme park. We would go every single year after school got out, and then you would just go. It'd be, it'd be your school day, right? And you would get a new outfit to go to Kennywood on the school day. And that was just such a fun time for me as I go back and I think about that. And then I think about like when I met my wife, I met my wife at Red Lobster um, many years ago, Red Lobster 229, that's where I met her. We were sitting, well, this wasn't here, this was old, but this, we were sitting on a bench right here. I was reading my Bible. I just came to Jesus and I didn't want to get tempted or anything like that. My wife was good looking. And so I was, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading my Bible, you know? And so, but I had met her when she had worked for me for a summer, she gave me her two weeks. I asked her out because uh, I couldn't date her while she was on staff with me. And uh, we met there, so which is great. It's the good old days. And then I start thinking about Northway Christian Community. This is the church that I gave my life to Christ in right outside of Pittsburgh. And see, I didn't grow up inside of the church. I grew up, um, let's say, anti-God. We'll go that route. And uh, I was a, a firefighter in Pittsburgh, and uh, I just... I wanted nothing to do because of the background that I had with church. I didn't want anything to do with God. And then this place, I walked in these doors. No, go back. I'm sorry. I walked in these doors. Thank you so much. Walked in that door. And there was a guy there by the name of Bob Zontz. I know his name was Bob Zontz because he had a name tag on. For some reason, everyone inside of a church has a name tag. And so this dude had a name tag on. And he was like, hey, welcome. You look new. And I'm like, bro, I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. I don't, you're not going to manipulate me. You're not going to take my money. I'm out. Just go find someone else. And I start thinking about the good old days because that place is where I had my first seat, third row experience with Jesus. And for the first time in my life, I felt love like I never felt before. And I wept for 45 minutes because of the love of Jesus. This God that I ran from all of my life loved me. So I start thinking about that. And then I start thinking about how that would impact you. And then a few weeks ago, I had gotten deployed because I'm still with the fire department. 
and I got deployed over to Fort Myers after the hurricane. And so this was, these are just a couple of the photos uh, of that wreckage. And I know being here in New Orleans, you can go to the next one. Um, you guys know all of this damage. You've seen it. You've been through it. So this is my first time. I've been doing emergency services for 23 years. Never seen wreckage in the parking lot. I've never seen bodies the way that I have in this over on Fort Myers Beach. 95% of Fort Myers Beach is completely destroyed. 75% of the population of Fort Myers Beach stayed. So if you're wondering what um, they, they called off uh, the search and rescue, I was supposed to go back there last week. They called off search and rescue because they just could not find any more body parts. They were done. So I had the chance while I was over there for three days, and I get the privilege in this season to take care of the mental wellness of firefighters all over the place. So I was uh, out with the task force two in the state of Florida. So it was the state of Florida, Texas, Philadelphia, Virginia. Um, there was one other. And so I get the privilege. And by the way, it was the first time in U.S. history that a pastor was deployed under a, a um, uh, kind of a state of emergency in the United States history, a pastor was deployed to take care of the mental wellness of firefighters on the scenes. It was super fun. So I'm like, well, that was kind of cool. I got this call from this guy in Orlando, and he's like, wait, are you Reverend? And I was like, I am? He's like, well, congratulations to you. And I'm like, well, what's that mean? He's like, you're the first time we ever deployed a pastor to the scene of a catastrophic I issue in our nation and from this point on, that will actually is being written today into FEMA's bylaws that every single time it happens, we will be deploying a pastor. So how cool is that? But I'm walking down the street looking at the carnage, trying to assess what I was just processing. And I ran into the mayor of Fort Myers Beach. And he was walking, he was sobbing. I had no idea who this guy was. But he looked lost and he looked off, you know, he just looked off. There's another gentleman with him, a city manager of Fort Myers Beach. And I stopped and I was talking to him. And uh, it was a Sunday. And he said, well, he saw my the chaplain on the side. He said, you're, uh, you're in the wrong spot. You should be in some church somewhere. I said, no, I'm in the right spot. So what's going on? I said, who, who are you? He said, well, I'm the mayor of, of this and what used to be an incredible beach, an incredible place. I said, well, how did you fare? He said, well, I don't have a home. Four of my council members don't have a home. And, and he's looking around. He's just sobbing. He said, Every memory that anyone had here is gone. And I looked at him right in his eyes. And I could feel the pain, and I didn't want to be disrespectful. But I said, respectfully, sir, we just get the privilege of creating new ones. We just get the privilege of creating new ones. And let me take you to this photo right here, because this is why this beach is incredibly important to me. Because there's a photo of my son being dedicated on Fort Myers Beach when he was little. And uh, right to the right of the pier, if you've ever been to this place, my son was dedicated in that spot, which now looks like this. Can I just share my heart with you today? Just because it's different, it's new, or it's changed, or even challenging, doesn't erase the great things the Lord used to shape that very moment in your past. 
It doesn't get to erase the incredible moment that my family experienced with the pastor that married us on that very beach. Sometimes you need to go back to the good old days, regardless of what it looks like right now. And you need to be reminded of the good things of God. You need to be reminded of the day that you remember that you gave your life to Jesus when you feel like giving up. You need to go back to that day when you looked at your husband in love and in awe of who he was. When he doesn't look like that now and you don't feel that way. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching. Some, you got to go back into that moment and remind yourself, I'm going to fight for this thing because that's who he is or that's who she is. Or that's who my community is. Or that's who my church is. But we can get so caught up in these moments. Because the good old days. The world's lost its mind over the last few years. You kind of want to go back there. But can I share something with you? Most often those memories, those moments, are the very things that helps create and define the new good old days. We're walking in something now that's shaping who we are eventually going to talk about. We're walking in that thing today. We're going to walk this thing out. We're going to walk this thing out 10 years from now. You're going to be like, hey, do you remember that one time on that one weekend that God did that one thing? Or do you remember that one time our church was going through a really difficult moment, but God did? Hello? I'm the only one. No, good. But God, can you just do me a big favor? Can you just turn to somebody? And uh, if you're not used to this, just, I'm a guest. You don't need to like it. Just help me. Turn to somebody next to you. Just tell them the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. Don't let the inner enemy whisper lies to who you are. Well, this is just who I'm going to be. That's just who I am. You don't understand. I have, my, my, my grandfather was an addict. My dad was an addict. My, my mom was an addict. I'm just going to be. Break that generational junk off your life and start walking in the newness in the good old days today. You may look back and you're like, Chad, I don't have a lot of good old day memories. Or maybe the memories you do have are when you were in that one spot that wasn't any good. I'm telling you right now, the Lord has something great for you. And after my conversation with the mayor, I had the honor of praying over him and his city manager. Here's the thing, guys. I couldn't bring back their house. I wanted to. I couldn't bring back the beautiful blue and green storefronts that swept through the beaches of Fort Myers. I, I, I couldn't do that. The silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I freely give. What I had in that moment was to stand with the mayor of a beach and sob along. Sometimes you just got to cry alongside of somebody. Feel what they're feeling instead of judging where they are. Come on, somebody. Please just help me. And just say, I'm going to pull you with me, and I'm going to cry with you, and I'm going to feel your pain, but I'm not going to leave here with you thinking that everything that once was is gone. It's not. The new things are coming in Christ. I get the privilege of praying over this Jewish man, laying my hands on his head. He takes my card and he said, can I call you? I said, you can call me anytime. 24 hours a day. I still have my city of Pittsburgh number. 
because my 96-year-old grandmother could remember it. It's the last thing she could remember. But she could remember my number. Why would I change that? With that, I want to give you the title of my message. If you take notes, great. If you don't, I judge you slightly. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't. I say that everywhere I go, and it always gets that same laugh. Thanks for pity laughs are good. The title of my message is The Good Old Days. The Good Old Days. Now, I know that we were talking about not always looking back, but in this message today, I want to have you look back for purpose. Because I want you to see the very things that God has already been doing, the things that God already did to help you be solidified where you are and help you envision where you're going. Because that's who God is. And I, I don't want to negate the, the, what that mayor and so many others were going through over in Fort Myers or any other major catastrophe or devastating incident, but the devil will get us. Well, let me just say this. Well, I'll speak for myself. The devil sometimes will get me in a weird train of thinking where I can go from preaching on a Sunday for waiting for my plane and thinking the world is about to collapse. No one else with me. You go from like this beautiful moment, this amazing day, and then you like go home. Kids got the place a mess. My eight-year-old's the only one that does that. Cool. Um, you get into a fight with somebody, an argument with somebody. You go to work to a job that you think you hate, but God has you there because your assignment isn't complete yet. You know, like, I hate this job. Why can't I get promoted? Why don't you just do what God wants you to do in that moment? And maybe you will. Just say it. You don't need to like me. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm a guest. Call him. Um, spend time in prayer and preparation for today. For each of you. And I want to reveal early on, because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I just hate the devil. Hate him. Hate what he does to people. Hate how he manipulates people. Hate how he destroys people. Hate how he divides people. Hate how he does a lot of things in communities. I'm done with the devil. I'm sick of him. Okay? So I want to help you get sick of him with me today. Can you do that? So I'm going to go ahead and tell him in advance, because every day I wake up, I've shared this in the past, you don't know me yet, so this is the first time. Every day I wake up, I put my feet on the floor, and I know that he is so angry that I'm alive. And I want to make, I was telling them last night, there was, I've been some weird places. Haiti, I got off the plane in Haiti once, and there's this young kid on the other side of a fence in Haiti, if you've ever been to Haiti uh, Port-au-Prince Airport is a disaster, but do uh, you get out of the airport, there's a fence that runs along this place. you got to walk down. It's really weird. There's this kid on the other side of the fence. First time I'm in Haiti, and this kid's on the other side of the fence, and he's like, Chad, Chad. And I was like, what? Like, the lady I was with was like, do you know him? I'm like, I've never been here before. And he goes, we know you're here. And he runs. And I was like, welcome to Haiti. You know what I'm saying? Like, Devil knows I'm here. Very cool. Walked out. I, I, I have a church in Las Vegas. and super fun. I get the privilege of, of, of investing into that pastor over there. And uh, it's in city for a reason, right? So it's weird. And, uh, but I had gone there, got there late, got into my hotel. I booked the wrong hotel. I'm not going to tell you where I booked. But we booked the wrong hotel. And I was like, I got to find a place to eat. And the only place was open. It was super late. Uh, it was a McDonald's. And I was walking over, and there was a girl. I feel really bad. It was really cold, and she didn't have a lot of clothes. I feel bad. Um, and uh, she, <laughs> she, but she was a cop. I was surprised I didn't give her a better uniform. Um, and uh, she had a baton in her hand. And she was like, 
you've been bad. And I was like, I absolutely not, you devil. I have not been. And she was like, ah, you're here. And she screamed, ah, and she's running away from me in the opposite direction. And I was like, this is super fun. Like, it's just good. Get to the place where the devil hates you and knows when you're wrong, when knows when you arrived. Get to that. And I'm not saying that I live all kinds of craziness. That's just true. But these are stories that are real. I can't make them up. It's super fun. Um, and try, my wife will tell you all kinds of other stories about me that aren't going to tell you. Know, but I, here's what I want to do. I want to give you the premise of what I'm talking about today. I want, I want this message to remind you of the great things that God has done and is doing, will do, not just to really great, super lucky people in the Bible, but for you. I want to encourage your heart and help you see that as long as there is breath coming out of you, God will continue to birth something through you. And if you're new to church, that's just a terminology of God wants to use you. Because uh, we can use weird terms in church that freak people out. I promise you that he's not just going to birth something. I know it's, it's weird terminology. So, but I want to strengthen your spirit through the living word of God. Get in this thing. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Get in this thing. I don't know how I'm going to restore my marriage. Get in this thing. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this addiction. Get in this thing. I don't know how I'm going to get out of debt. Get in this thing and stop buying coffees for $6. Sometimes it's just practical. I love you, I promise. But I want to expose the lies of the enemy so that we will walk in victory from a place of victory. And I'm going to paraphrase for sake of this passage being a little bit long, but I want to dive into... uh, I'm going to kind of show you a moment in the good old days. And this thing is just insane. So I had the privilege of being with the fire department. I've been, a fire, uh, been in the fire service for 23 years. Um, and uh, I've, been, I've been in some fires. I'm Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a very old city. Okay, We are actually the first established union fire company in the country. Um, and so it's an interesting. But we got, like, I'm talking like 1850s, 1860s. Homes, much like the beautiful character of this incredible city, right? But when those things burn, they burn. Like, they burn, and so does the block, because they're all attached. And so I've been in some fires, and uh, I've seen some things. But I want to get you right into Daniel 3, and I'm going to watch my time. Daniel 3, you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be on these wonderful screens behind me. Um, uh, By the way, thank you, Pastor Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, for being able to do that. But I'm going to get into this here, and I'm going to read it out. And uh, if you have it, you can follow along with me. But this is a story about these three guys. And their names are a little weird. It's okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? You can say whatever you want. Call them fun. There's a a lot of fun names. Just call them. You want to call them Steve, Nick, and Dave. It's fine. Um, But they replied to, that's where I'm picking it up, all right? So there was this, this, this king. And he kind of got manipulated. There's this statue. And, and they were like, everyone needs to bow to the king. And they need to do this. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Nick, Dave, and Steve, they were like, we're not doing this. Like, we're just not going to do this. It's just not who we are. That's not what we're going to do. We're only going to bow to our God. We're only going to pray to our God. We're only going to honor our God. And so king didn't like this. Neither did the people that the king was around. So Shagrag, Meshag, and Abednego replied to the king, this name is super fun, Nebuchadnezzar, right? And so he said, we do not need to defend ourselves before you, before you in this matter. I love the boldness of these guys. They're standing before the king. 
by the way, they had already known what the consequence was going to be. And that was, by the way, they weren't just going to give them, they weren't going to put them in jail and let them out like California. Sorry. <laughs> um, or anywhere else in the country that's doing that now. They were going to put them in a fire to be burned. Like, okay, just inject me with something. Like, let me go that way, right? This is burning. We don't need to defend you in this matter. Matter of fact, number 17, he says, if we're thrown in the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty. I love that they still were honoring and respecting the king in this matter, right? Could you just picture them? Sometimes your boss tells you to do something. You're like, you mother, you know what I mean? Like, and so the respect goes out the window. We got to just take maybe that is the message for you today. It's good. You can take it. It's free of charge. But if he does not, we want you to know. But listen to this. Here they are. But if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And then when Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he, uh, and his attitude uh, towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Guys, listen. I have been at fires, and, 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 and Caitlin, you I mean, know your dad, but I've been at fires where across the street, the siding on the house of the, across the street that wasn't on fire burn off because of the flames of that house across the street. Like, I'm talking, you're talking 50, 60 feet. And so I can just imagine he's going to do this seven times hotter than usual. And then commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shagrag, Meshach, and Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shagrag, Meshach, and Abednego. Wait a second. So you got the soldiers that are going up. Some of your days hard. Could you imagine having that job? Could you imagine me in that moment? And these are the good old days, by the way. When you think back to your good old days, remember there are some, there are some individuals that have had some different experiences than you've had. You got to go back to the Bible and go, man, there's some things there's something to learn right here. And those soldiers were killed. And these men, firmly tied up, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. We need to go back to the good old days where we actually believe that Jesus was who he said he was and that God is who he said he is. He is the healer. He is the renewer. He is the rebuilder. He is the restorer. He is everything you need and more. He is your provider. He is everything you need. And in the moment, he is the God that's going to get you unbound in the middle of your fire. What's your attitude going into it? What's your attitude in this moment when you're walking against and facing an obstacle or a season in your life? What does that look like for you? 
How are you addressing that? How are you responding to it? Are you being respectful to that moment? I'm sorry, devil, that's not, isn't going to happen. I'm not losing this lawsuit. I did nothing wrong. I'm standing in integrity. I will walk in victory. Hello? Well, kid just needs to be on medication. I rebuke you, devil. My child has the mind of Christ. He walks in the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Don't you dare tell me who my son is. I'm preaching that to me. That just comes out. Anyway, I don't even remember where I'm at, but he's good. So he approached him. Certainly, Your Majesty, he looked, four men walking around. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. By the way, when God shows up in your life, everyone notices. When God shows up in the middle of your junk, in the middle of what used to be, Everyone notices and will call out to the same God. Come out here. So Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And their satraps, perfect, uh, whatever, perfect, governors and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. The robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. I want to walk in. I, I'm around a lot of fire, even as a chaplain, I'm around a lot of fire. And I, I can tell you my gear smells like smoke. I haven't been in a fire in a long time, but my gear still smells like smoke. My heart today is to get you so focused on the good old days and be reminded of who God is that you can walk in your season, walk in your moment, deal with things in your life, deal with things in your church, and still walk out unscorched. Still walk out not smelling like fire. This thing isn't touching me. This thing isn't touching me. Come out. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel to uh, and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Do not bow at the slightest moment, please. Do not bow at the thing that comes and says, you know what, you're going to, this is just going to be just a small thing. It's just a, it's just a small lie for that business deal. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's just, a, it's just, a, it, it's, it's not the drug that I used to do. Uh, it's, it's only a little, uh, we got kids. Uh, it's only a little un, uh, unfiltered images online. It's okay, right? It's just Instagram. Don't let that. Just don't. Just they were unwilling. They were unwilling. I love the words here. Don't miss them. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to worship and serve any God except their own. Therefore, I decree that any people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. My friends, when you do not bow to the things that you face, 
the promotion of the Lord will be better than you could ever imagine. Not only will it, you've been praying for your family, you've been praying for your family, been praying for your family, been praying for your family. Let your life line up according to the word of God. And watch what he does. And watch what he does. If you take notes, my first point today is our God is. Our God is. Verse 17, these boys facing death, challenging opposition, facing a time when it could or would make sense to waver in their belief. They stood in faith and gave an incredible response that if God didn't show up, right? If God didn't show up, we know that would have been incredibly, right, for them. If God didn't show up in this moment, it would have been incredibly stupid because they're like, man, it's, it's just the reality of it. That, and I don't know about you, but can I just be real? They didn't question anything. Like, I, I've been in traffic and questioned more things. I've questioned my salvation in traffic. I questioned, I told Chris this right I questioned my salvation on a golf course a few weeks ago. I had to repent immediately. I understand. It's all good. That's all right. If you're ever wondering if pastors fail, they do. Um, they said, our God is able. Our God is able to deliver us. No questions, no doubt at all. But maybe it's just me smelling that fire, seeing that furnace. They still knew that God is able. Can I tell you, I don't know what you face, what you're going to face or what you've ever faced in your past, but I want to encourage you to go back to that time when you remember that God had delivered you out of, God had rescued you from, God helped you get through and let that be the very thing that is the catalyst for anything that you're ever going to face. Go back to the word of God and be like, look, if these three kids can do it, I can do it. If this is what is supposed to be, I'm just going to trust in God and believe that that is, in fact, true. Somebody say, God is able. Say it like you mean it. Come on, somebody. God is able. God is able. Not only is God able, but he is good. He's a provider when, the financial, when there's financial downturn. He's a healer in sickness. He's a restorer in the middle of devastation. He's a rebuilder, when, and he makes all things new. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the power when you feel depleted. He's the strength. When you need it most. He is good. God is. What is it in your life? Would you get real? What is it that you're facing that smells like smoke? What is it? It's just, you can start, you can just, you can start. Oh, that's coming for me. What is it? What are you facing? Can you see the ambers, the soot, and they're just not sure? What is it that seems so challenging that you're watching it play out around you? And like the fire, the, these soldiers, they, man, they turned up the fire. And it just keeps getting, it keeps getting stronger in you. You guys just walked through a season as a church. I'm just going to be honest. Pastor Chris and I talk. You guys walked through a season in the church. It's hard. You're here. You're here. Don't ever mistake that. You're not, it's not an accident. You are. The Lord loves you. And can I just be real and transparent? 
because what I get the privilege of doing in this season of life, and I have pastored some incredible churches. I mean that. I've had the privilege of pastoring some really, really wonderful churches. I get to care for pastors and love on pastors and make sure that their marriages are good and their families are good and make sure that their spiritual life is well and make sure that their hearts are pure and that they're not going to take out any of their attenders, all that stuff, right? <laughs> you all think you're perfect. You're not. They have a hard job. It's hard. It's a thing. But instead of being angry at the pastor that once was here, can you just pray for that man? I'm just going to say it. I'll be, I'll be the weird guy in the room right now. Pray for that man. You have no idea the pressures that happen in this house. That happens, it happens in that position. Just pray for him. I had a pastor many years ago, and I wish I would have taken this advice from him. Pastor Bill Spar looked like Mr. Feeney. If some of you know who that is, thank you for that. Look like Mr. Feeney. If I had a picture of him, I'd put him up. I call him Mr. Feeney. Uh, there was a pastor that I was I followed very closely and I loved dearly and I, I valued tremendously in his ministry and the impact that he had around the world. And then he fell. And I remember being so incredibly angry. And Pastor Bill said, What you need to do is print out his photo and put it on your wall and say, I'm not exempt. I wish I would have taken that advice. Let's start. Let's not walk on some weird stuff. I'm going to move on, but that's for somebody in here. I get it. Chad, what if he doesn't come through? What if God doesn't? Some years ago, I had um, a few years where back to back where my mother, my grandfather, my brother-in-law, who lived with me and my sister all died. In a few years, brother-in-law took his life in front of in a tree from in front of my home. I ran to the house, went through the house. I missed him on the outside. And when I found him and took him off that tree, he had a faint pulse. What would have happened if I would have saw him when I showed up? And my sister, 13 years older, we were Irish twins. 33 years old, died of stage 4B breast cancer. So if you're wondering where my pink shirt comes from this month, that's why. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Three beautiful little children. I prayed for her, y'all. I anointed with oil. I called on the elders, and she died. My mom, six months in an ICU. By the way, in an ICU that I worked in when I was going through nursing school, and it was my final rotation that I had built incredible relationships with. She was getting cared for by doctors that I loved and cared for dearly. Six months. And she died. I give you the, oh, it's so angry. No one ever tells you, like, that stuff. I was so mad. That wasn't supposed to be the good old days. That wasn't supposed to be that memory. But can I tell you what memory that I have now? Coming through it. Because sometimes when you're in it, it doesn't seem like the good old days. You'll get that in about an hour. Thirty days before my mother went home and closed her eyes for the last time on this side of heaven, she accepted Christ with an intubation tube in while she was alert and oriented for a very short amount of time. My best man at my, at my wedding had the privilege of praying over her, loving on her, and praying for her, and she accepted Christ. My sister, the night before she died, had the privilege of coming to Jesus the very night before she passed away that my wife and I had the chance to pray for her while she had three little kids surrounding her. Come on, somebody. 
I watched my father come to Jesus afterwards. My brother, who was in a craziness, wound up coming to Jesus. His wife wound up coming to Jesus. Both of my nieces who had come to Jesus. And my niece from my, from my sister, who, by the way, we hadn't talked to for a very long time, wound up calling me last year in June on her birthday when she turned 18. And she said, you've because her, her dad didn't want anything to do with us after my sister died. And she said, my family's been taken away from me for so long. I've been watching you from a distance. I want God to restore what I feel has been taken from me. And I now have an incredible relationship with my niece. And she loves Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now the good old days look a lot different, right? The thing that was your pain in your past is about to be the promotion that you walk in. Don't miss it. Daniel 3, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. We will not serve your gods. He didn't heal, but I'm not going to go back into that junk. He didn't take care. It's okay. Look, my, my, God, my, my job is not to dictate what God does. My, God, my, my job is to honor what his word says and believe who he is. What if none of that would have happened? I now got my family going to be in heaven with me we have challenges here on earth i'm hoping they get better in heaven you know what i'm saying but could you just imagine here's my point the fear of what if cannot determine your faith in the i am your fear of the what if cannot determine your faith in the i am i i gotta i gotta hurry i didn't have a full understanding of the time that when i was going through my situation the mayor of Fort Myers doesn't have a full understanding of this yet as he's navigating his way through the rubble and the wreckage. But if we look close, we can see through Scripture and take a look at passages. Of what God can do. When we fully trust in him. We can look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You look at Moses and. For sake of time, I'm not going to go into it. But in Exodus, we see Moses. Um, there, was a, there was a point where Moses, uh, there was a bush that was on fire. There's a lot of fire analogies right now. But there's a fire in this bush, and, and God was speaking through the bush and said, hey, I need you to go lead my people. And, and Moses is like, what? Not me. No, no. no I, can't, I can't do that. And he's like, no, no, you're going to just you're gonna go do it. He said, but who should I say sent me? He said, I am. Just tell him I am sent you. If you're wondering who I am today, just I, I am sent me. I'm just here to give you a message to encourage your heart, to let you know that regardless of what you have faced, will face, and will face in the future right now, I'm telling you right now, I am is sending you. He's got you. Not only could Moses lead a people, an entire nation out of captivity, but there was a point where he was that same God that was trying to take them out then, was trying to take them back out, and they were coming after him, and there were chariots and all kinds of things, and they, people were walking, and then he goes to this, the bank of this river, and, and he, he said, God's going to take care of us. God said, look, just raise up your, your staff. And in a moment, Moses became the coolest free diver ever on the planet. He was able to get to the depths of this, this area. It completely parted, and he and the people of God walked through without issue, and they didn't even have to swim or have floaties or anything. And then when the armies came through, he said, 
God said, do it again. And the waters came in. Don't let the enemy think that he is going to win. He doesn't win. He never wins. God will turn all things together for good for those who are in Christ. All things. Um, I don't know what you're in. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you've been, but I wanted you to go ahead and look back in the good old days. Look back in the moments of your life that bring you joy. Do not look back in the things in your past that pull you down and pull you back into the old negative thoughts and the way of thinking, and this is just who I am, or this is just who my family is, or this is just lack, or this is, no, I don't want you to look at those things. I want you to see the things that God has done in you, through you, in those moments so that you can become everything that God has for you to become. The enemy wants you to be so caught up in the negative there's power in the I am. There's power in the I am. In life, it's easy to think about the good old days and remember how it made you feel or, or remind you of the things that maybe brought you joy during those times. But I can I just want to be clear. The good old days are there for this reason and this reason alone. And that's to remind ourselves that we are living currently in the good old days. I know we're not thinking it. Look, I get it. There's some things that are messed up, things that you've gone through. I'm not negating any of that. But the fact that you've still got breath in your lungs and are still moving, God has a purpose for it. Do we think that Shagrag, Meshag, and Abednego ever went another day walking in defeat? Do we? Do we think they ever was like, they, like someone threw a match and they were like, Ey! you think that never happened? Never happened. They never flinched at a firework. They had the son of the living God that showed up in a campfire that they were the wood for. Moses spoke, I am, and freed an entire nation of people. So when it came time to raise his rod up to become the greatest individual that would deliver a nation again from the hands of somebody who was trying to kill them, and he did it without hesitation. Daniel faced everything through the lens of the lion's den. Esther walked into every room remembering what it felt like to walk and find favor in the king and expose the lies of Haman, who was trying to kill the Hebrew people. You need to remember the good old days. And what I'm trying to say is simply this. The decisions that we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Right? For me, I want to tell this story. When the odds were against me, God had his hand on my life and chose to save me from my destructive, sinful, addictive life that I was in and gave me a voice to help others see the love of an incredible Savior. God took a broken marriage and restored it. Following the death of my family that were so close to me, God turned it around for his good and healed me. My wife gave us a son, brought my father, my brother, my aunt, my nieces, and sister-in-law to the relationship with Christ. The church that gave me life, that, gave, that I gave my life to Christ and was amazing. And that pastor who gave me the word of pastoral ministry on that day were a tremendous catalyst for who I am today. Even though things transitioned and I moved on from that church. Even though I transitioned into the running business organizations now, God is still using me in this moment in a powerful way to bring people to him in the business world that I would have never had the privilege of being introduced to or meeting in the past. And I mean that. God turned my platform ministry 
at my church. The last weekend I was at my church, there were 6,234 people in the building. Turned my platform ministry into uh, the fourth seat on a fire truck, sitting around a kitchen table with eight others, and yet God is bringing firefighter after firefighter after firefighter in my city to Jesus and to my church. What story are you telling? What story you want to tell? You get to create it with Christ. The Lord loves you. He's got a plan for you. He loves you. He has a plan for this church. He's got a plan for Metairie. You can't stay in a in a storefront long. Not when you have people on fire for Christ. Not when you have people willing to do whatever it takes to win people in their community for Jesus. And not for sake of, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? How about just loving on people? Don't be creepy and help other people see a savior. I'm just saying. Let's not be the creepy people, right? There are some creepy evangelists out there. I'm just saying. Yeah. They're like, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know, you know you're going to die if you don't go to Jesus? I get it. I get it. They don't know that yet. Right? Can you just ask them how their day's going? You start there. What's your name, man? How are you doing? What do you do for a living? That's awesome. How long have you been doing that? That's great. Man, where do you go to church? Oh, I don't go to church. Man, I don't, I don't like Jesus. Man, you don't? Man, that's interesting. Tell me why. Tell me why. I'm interested. I want to know. Because by the way, people's opposition is simply because of some hurt. No one tends to just want to go against Jesus. Do you want love, blessed, favor on your life, and, and restored of all the things that God? No, I don't want any of that. I think it's awful. It sounds awful. They were just introduced to the wrong Jesus. Anyway. The good old days are more than the memory of an amusement park. Daniel 3, I'm going to close with this. Daniel 3, 26 through 28. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. They came out of the fire. They're satraps, governors, I don't know, the perfect prefix, I don't know who those are. I'm going to have to Google that later. And the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor a hair on their heads were singed. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angels and rescued his servants and trusted him and defied the king of command, willing to give up their lives and serve and worship gods that aren't their own. I'll tell you this, and this is my final point for you today. A bold spirit is built in battle. A bold spirit is built in battle. It's all for purpose. Everything you go through is for purpose. These guys walked in faith, never feared. Moses trusted in the creator and sank the enemies in chariots. Esther, Daniel, Paul, Peter, David, Elijah, you name them. They can all remember that one day or that good old day. They didn't stay there. They let it fuel all that was ahead. The devil is a liar. I hate him. And I refuse that any people that hear the word of God ever think that the devil has any say over your life. If you have given your life to Jesus, and you have the power of the spirit of the living God inside of you, 
he has no power. And if you are here and you don't know Jesus, and you've wondered if this thing's real, or maybe you've been playing it a long time, I know that's hard to imagine. Like people in church play church. It's weird. People do. I was in church for like six months. I gave my life to Jesus every weekend until I had my experience. Maybe you're here and you're just jaded. You're hurt, you're broken, you're wounded. Man, I get it. That's not Jesus' fault. He loves you. He's a good father. He cares for you. I want you to know that today if you're facing some fire and you can smell it, I want you to remember the one that can stand next to you. He can untie anything that you face. And he can restore everything better than it's ever been. It doesn't need to look the way you think it's supposed to look. If you're here, and you need to know Jesus, and you know you do, or maybe you've been thinking about this thing for a long time and you're just not sure, I'm telling you right now, I've been having the privilege of serving Jesus now for 22 years. It has not always been easy. 